Welcome along, folks, to the next episode of Tune the Court. Uh, once again, I'm joined by Richie and Collie. And today we will dissect the absolute shit show again against Bournemouth. Uh, touch on a bit of news and we'll discuss the sad departure of uh, Leighton Baines, class, class player. Afternoon, boys. How are we doing? Afternoon, hey, Joe. Thanks. Uh, it's, it's just, it's deja vu, lads. It really, really is. Well, uh, I, I where do you start with this? Um, one thing I will say, I watched match of day. I only watched match of day yesterday, actually. I couldn't bring myself to watch <laughs> on Sunday or Monday. Um, Ian Wright said the Bournemouth are, they were looking back through their season Ian Wright said the Bournemouth are one of the easiest teams to score against in the league and then I had a quick look back Bournemouth beat us 3-1 home and away Colin yeah same result home and away this year Joe it's Um, just a disgrace the only positive Joe, and this is maybe right, well, there's yeah. a cup. There's a, there's well, there's one or two, which yeah. we need to. But. Well, I'll give you this line first and foremost, Joe. Okay, Kenneth Walston home in the 1966 World Cup final said they think it's all over, it is now. So that's the only positive I feel coming out of uh Sunday's game. Um, look, <clears throat> there's no excuse, Joe. We were back to the wall, the Wolves game only two weeks ago, having. One at Sheffield United. Such an uh, up and down team. It's 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 actually unreal, to be honest with you. We did say that Bournemouth in the last pod we done had something to play for and they did. And they wanted that more. They came out and I know people don't uh, like him. But um, Jamie Carragher said in the first minute in commentary, uh, everyone were beaten. And he was right. I don't like to chat myself, I really don't. But um, some of the stuff he said on Sunday in the country was spot on in my mind. That's the thing that kills me, Richie. A team wanting it more at Goodison Park. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's I mean, we've said this several times. Motivation, energy, desire, all three lacking on Sunday again. And it's easy to kind of give the caveat and say, you know what, it's the last day of the season and there's nothing to play for and all this. But it's 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 not acceptable, you know, if these guys are are turning out week in, week out with performances like that and you just wonder what's going on in their heads that they think that it's access, access, acceptable to show up and put in a performance like that. Um, I mean, about Bournemouth, they hadn't, they hadn't won away from home since December, you know, and they picked up 10 points on the road all season and they turned those over with ease. You know, it's really, really poor. There's no other way of looking at it. You know, at... 60% you should be able to turn that to turn them over at home, you know, and we weren't even close to that. And it's just so disappointing to see the lack of effort. Yeah. Because it, it just wasn't there. That's the that's the killer. We listen, we bang on and we bang on and we bang on about effort. And there's no one calling. Like, listen, not, not just Bournemouth, Norwich, possibly one of the worst teams to grace the Premier League. They beat us at Gullison. And this is before all the lockdown was I was actually there that day. It was it was, it was shocking. But I mean, someone someone mentioned yesterday, no fans. If that stadium was full, <laughs> there would have been killings. That'd have been it'd have been like a gladiators. That'd have been skin and hair flying. Yeah, I I, I don't know whether you watched uh, the Carlos post match no. interview, Joe. Um, Richie mentioned their motivation and and you know just 
a will and our wants. He mentioned that a couple of times. And he also mentioned that the players that are coming back next season, he's told them to go off and make sure that they come back in the right frame of mind after that. Their, their. So, the, and he actually mentioned motivation a couple of times in, in the interview itself. So, mm. I didn't mention on the last uh, podcast, Joe, that I felt that maybe one or two of the players have been told that, look, you're not in Carlos' plans next year. And you rightly said that they should be playing for their, their own futures rather than, you know, trying to stay everything. But if that's the case and what he said, and if, my interpretation could be way off here, I appreciate that. Yeah. But but if, a lot of, if them players have been told, look, you're not here next year, or you won't be part of his plans, I think they've down tails for us. And that's just a, as a result on Sunday, you know, the kind of way. But to, to lose against Bournemouth, we lost against Norwich, and I'm sure we didn't win the two games against Watford. So three relegated teams, you know. Mm. I think we actually did beat Watford beat Watford home on the way alright oh, ok yeah, I understand yeah. correct the job yeah, but listen it doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't take but like, sorry just on that Collie I know I know what you're saying about you know fellas may have been told that they're not going to be part of it going forward and stuff but we haven't performed since the lockdown since we've come back you know if you take Bar Sheffield United and the first half against Leicester I don't think we played well in, a, in any of the games, yeah, Liverpool, you can say they put in a performance, but, you know, it was backs to the wall kind of stuff. Mm. So, Even I mean, like that against Norwich, I thought we weren't spectacular. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's been, you know, really good performances. And, you know, if they've down tools nine games ago, there's something seriously wrong someplace. And whether that stands with the manager or where it stands, because that's, I, I, I just don't, I don't understand it. You know, I really don't how how people can, Get away with levels of performance like that. But just on that, Rich, I, like we we said again, we went through players we think should go, but I think the list is growing and growing <laughs> by the week. <laughs> it's, it's literally like uh, he needs a blank canvas at this stage, which is the hard thing to do. You know, mm. it's very hard to kind of say right that you're going to try to bring in six, seven, eight players, but it, it's <clears throat> it's going to take a long time. Not only that, lads, you have to realise that. As much as we want five or six players to go out the door, teams aren't going to take air rubbish and that's, pay good money for it. That's going and, to be and, the hardest part. Yeah, they're on you, <coughs> money for it, you know. So, as much as and as much as we'd like to have a, a crystal ball or a magic lamp and you rub it three times and you can get rid of all these players that you want, but other teams they may come in with a derisory offer. If that's the case, then do you take it just to get the wage bill off or do you hang on because he is worth on, on paper a bit more to us? I don't know, it's hard, but it's going to take uh, some overhaul because we finished 12th and that 12th to 6th position, it's not going to happen overnight and it's certainly not going to happen in one transfer window. Mm. So there needs, to be, there needs to be serious, uh, um, you know, on the training pitch not only to get players in of the right calibre, but the players that are already and will be there next year need to have a good look at themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, proper order. I mean, I said it before, we just look the slowest team in the league. We really, really are so slow. And everything is either sideways or backwards. It's, it's just... Yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like we're beating the same drum because it is the mm. same thing over and over again. I mean, 
I thought he was good against Sheffield United, but again, Sigerson was back to himself the other day, just slowing everything down with, with a bit of pace around him as well. And, you know, it just kills any bit of momentum. You admire Keane, who was running himself into the ground up front, and then, you know, it, it's, it, it's just stalled. Um, yeah, I mean, 12th place finish, it's the lowest we've finished in 16 years. You know, just, here's, here's one for you now, lads. Um, everyone knows Carlo wants a lot of his record and all that trophies he's won ever it's gone but has he ever built a team from scratch because I think this is going to it's going to have to be done Kelly. literally from scratch yeah um, but I think you'll find that the brand's philosophy may just go out the window this year the reason why I'm saying that obviously brand's philosophy was to try and get young, hungry players that cost little or nothing into the club and then sell them on at whatever, five times, whatever they pay for, whatever the case may be. But again, this will be for future past job. But some of the names that we've been linked with in the media, and look, I get it, it's, it's, it's silly season and all that, but they're all, they're all 27 plus. They're all, you know, the kind of way. Mm. So I, I'm just getting the feeling that uh, Angelotti wants two, three, four older players in that squad because uh, you know, he did say as well in this post-match that this team will be uh, much different next season. So, read into that, I suppose, what you will. Is there money there? Who knows, Joe? Who knows? I think there has to be. Seriously. It's just, yeah. it's just getting worse and worse every year. Oh, listen, we can't, we can't go through managers like we have been doing. We have to just give him a three or four year plan with it. and his plan Richie yeah. not, not Brian's plan or someone else has to be his plan yeah I, th- I think the two plans need to coincide obviously we need players and we need them now mm. and at the same time you keep bringing in the young guys so that so that you're progressing um, like the, the French fullback that we brought in that, and say like Brantwell has been brought in that these mm. players are developing at the same time you know that and, and that they're ready to step in when needed but you know, I don't think our first team is good enough to just abandon to, to to go totally in that philosophy, like where we can say, right, we will have a couple of guys, and we know that he'll be ready in three years, and someone else will be finishing, and we'll be able to move him on because we're we're so far away from that at at minute with our first team. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you said before, Cody, the, the the team is quite young, if in average, but some twenty three, Joe. Yeah, but some of them just aren't. I mean. It's late players, but we'll have to start and go through. Like Pickford, what? this chap is just, he's turning into a bit of a liability, lads. I'll just have to say. Yeah, Pickford needs to be dropped from the international setup, job yeah. completely yeah. out of it. Because yeah. I think that would be his first kick up the bum, let's say. Um, we have been linked with other keepers, but uh, I just, now he pulled that foot, just say we pulled off in the first half. Yeah. Really good. But then he goes and makes a mistake. For, for their tour goal Joe you know now he gets an awful lot of stick in relation to short arms and stuff like that and and I was always you know I was always a fan of Pickford I thought he's a good goal certainly a good shot stopper and, but just there's too many mistakes too frequently Joe now at this stage mm-hmm. I think height is an issue with him uh, he's not the tallest of keepers by any stretch of imagination you know but um, yeah now Pickford I thought was didn't didn't uh, certainly didn't come off very well on Sunday yeah, uh, he just has a mistake in him, Rich, which means we need to score twice, really. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean he's got away with it a lot of times since lockdown, even if we just look at that period. But I mean when you're 
a centre half playing in front of that, and you know that you know, and you don't have that kind of confidence. It's it's very hard to build those that relationship when you're saying, oh, that someone is going capable of doing something like that. Time and it, it's, as a keeper, it gets it gets publicised an awful lot more. You know, you don't get away with it, and yeah, it it just seems to be too regular. You know, and but the thing is, we need two keepers. You know, yeah. So yeah, I I, I to be honest, it, it's something that I would prioritise that. If I thought that they could get someone in, that that that, that it would be something that I'd be looking to do. Yeah, I know I said I keep him the last day, but I think that the talks of getting big money is gone now. You know, I don't think you're getting. You know, he's English and he's the English number one. You get decent money, but not the money that Chelsea were talking about or being rumored to be mentioning a while back. Mm. Well, Chelsea are in the market now for a keeper, according to uh, Kepa. Is that the fellow he was dropped the other day? So I think they're in the. And if they come looking, lads. Well, oh. Henderson, Henderson was linked with them today. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, big summer ahead for him. Uh, Joe, just Joe, just one thing. Uh, just before, obviously, we go into the team that started on Sunday. I don't know whether you, you, you've listened to Alan Moyers since Sunday, but Alan Moyers came out and said that, obviously, he was looking at, at the whole issues, not just, obviously, the team that started on Sunday, but he made a very good point. There needs to be stability in the club job. And, you know, you and Richie have both said uh, Angelotti is in now and he's been given whatever length of contract he's been given. But things start going a bit pear-shaped next year. And I'm saying this as a fan. We have to stop looking for managers' heads because this is literally going to lead us into areas or places that I don't want to go. I don't want every football club to go. Mm. There needs to be patience and understanding and just let them get on with the job because changing managers every 12, 18 months has, I genuinely believe it, it, this is why we find ourselves where we do at the moment. But people go on about, people go on about spending big money and singers and whatever the case may be. Fair enough. But we need now to have some stability. I just, someone, I, I, I read an article um, the other day and they were talking about Moyes and when Moyes was at Everton and I how Moyes' team were, Moyes' teams were always much better but Moyes was in the club for 10 plus years or whatever the case may be so he had that stability and he brought through his own players how many managers have we had since Moyes left who were all who brought in their own players in their time and every new manager comes in doesn't want that player in. Just, we need as a fan base just to be more patient. We really do. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, we're not going to make top four next season. I'd be very surprised if we do. Um, top six has to be an ambition. Just give Carlo. And if we start off, you know, the season and we a couple of defeats or whatever the case may be, we have to stick with him. And whatever players that are brought in over the summer, and if it's a player that's 36 or 37 years of age and he's brought in on a 12-month contract, we've got to trust the management team that brought him in saying, well, this is what they felt was right at the time and we'll bring through younger players that we brought in. So this guy is literally just a stopgap. It's just mm-hmm. my opinion, Joe, but I think we just need to get some stability in the club and come together as a fan base to support the manager that's in, there, it's in place at the moment. Yeah, I said that a few minutes ago. Carlo has to be given his time for his plan, Rich. I mean, it's it's time to stop this messing around. 
giving the manager six, seven months. If you can't progress under Carlo Ancelotti, we might as well just pack up and go home. Yeah, I think we're lucky that we do have him as our manager because he will kind of he will get that bit of patience from us as opposed to if it was someone else. You know, mm. I would I suppose looking at performances that we've been looking at in the last couple of weeks, and if it wasn't him. You know, if it was someone else who was after coming in and looking at that, you'd nearly be calling for their head already. You know? Yeah, but would he would he be would he be giving the players free reign? Like I said before, show me what you can do, lads, and they're not showing us. So now he knows where to go. No better man, Joe. In fairness, mm. no better man. Yeah, and, and given and given them the comments that came in the, in the post match the other day, I would think a lot of it has been done, and people know where they stand. Yeah, yeah. So big, big overhaul. Uh, we get into the game, Seth. Um, I thought when he started it looked okay uh, Keane up front I thought he'd done very well Kelly ran around like it was a different wise Keane than we've seen before to be honest well two but, starts two goals Joe yeah but it's just a pity that it took this long you know mm-hmm. last game of the season for, for him to do it but um, yeah he done okay took his goal away energy about him Joe yeah, yeah, that's what I mean like, we haven't seen this before from him so I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what happened the, the, scenes. the last game he started was against Newcastle where that he did score and he was man of the match as well. So, I mean, it's strange that he hasn't got a start, you know, and why why wait until now? I know he did the injury before the last day and obviously the two boys had done really well as well, mm. uh, kind of leading up to it. So it's hard to break in. But yeah, he, he, he was really good, you know, um, and just wanted wanted to show what he could do, you know, and that's basically all you can ask, you know, got on the ball, ran, ran, Ran well, and once he just gave a brilliant ball over the top to Walcott, mm. uh, that he Walcott should have done better. But yeah, really, really impressive. Yeah, he came looking for the ball as well, Colin, which I was impressed with. Because a couple of times I'd seen him, and I was only as a soap, he stands there waiting for it. Reminds me of Ron, obviously without the goals, but like he'd just stand there waiting for the ball. But on Sunday, he, he came deep looking for it. Like he was hungry for the ball, which is great to see. I wonder, did I wonder, is uh, Moise Ken, a striker who can play as the solo front striker behind the three, and he'd have a Charleston rather than playing a two. Uh, I, I was looking at the game. I, 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 I watching the game on Sunday, and I, that came to mind. I wonder is he more is he more comfortable as as the lone striker up front with supporting from the three and behind. Mm. Um, instead of four four two, I don't I don't know Joe, but I certainly he 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 was certainly up there with man of the match for me on Sunday. I thought he done really well, and uh, he took his goal well. He he got into a good space and and, and he, he he done well at all. Yeah, I well, think he was man of the match, Rich. To be honest, because there was no one else really stood up. Yeah, oh, on our side, yeah, easily, yeah. you know. But I would say as well, it's just on the, on on starting. It's his, it's only was it only his second start, you know, and I just find that. It's harder to get up to the pace of the game if you're coming on there with ten minutes to go. Some players are really good at it and they can kind of be be intuitive, but it you know it doesn't seem to suit him kind of coming in. And I know you, you kind of say right, but if you're starting the game, you're more at pace with it than you and, and that you start with it. So it seemed to seem to suit him. I don't know. I'm only just making a case for him as well um, because you know you, you you want to see him do well. He's been told that he's going to stay around, and if that's it, it's good desire. It's a good kind of foreshowing from him, kind of uh, after getting that backing from Carlos. So hopefully that there's plenty more to be seen next season. Yeah, but why, why, Carly, is he not getting these starts? He's, he's obviously not doing it in training, or there's maybe there's an attitude problem there. I don't know. It's just 
you can only guess because you don't see it. Now, you see clips of YouTube with training videos, but it doesn't really show you the, the full extent. So, and listen, it's, it's, not, it's not just been Carlo. It's been another couple of managers. So he's actually not doing something with training. Yeah, I, I, again, it's only my opinion, Joe, but I would think that he didn't, or he maybe underestimated the pace of the game mm. in England. And possibly wasn't putting it in in training initially and then over time. But Carlos come out publicly over the last couple of weeks and has voiced his, uh, his praise for him in, in, on the training pitch. And maybe there was a small trust element as well coming towards the latter end of the season that they needed wins and they felt that Dominic was more of a, a proven goal scorer just at the minute than, mm. than what Moise Ken is. But I... And again, this is just me looking forward now. Starting off uh, pre-season and then obviously into uh, the league when it starts on the 12th of September. I wouldn't be surprised to see Moise Ken starting uh, in the new season up front for everything. Either in a one or a two uh, with uh, Dominic up front. Yeah, that could be an option actually if, we, if you can't get the wingers we want. You could maybe drop Richardson back on the right-hand side, which... Which yeah. he's done quite well, actually, a couple of times. He he played there, I think it was a stretch of three or four games. He played on the right, and him and Seamus actually played well together. So, Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's uh, there's so much going to happen between now and then. It's very hard to kind of predict what will yeah. happen on the first day of the season, you know. So, who knows what we'll have in. I mean, if we don't, I wonder that that right wing is definitely someplace that we're going to, that we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, we've been crying out for nearly two seasons now where we've had to replace it. So, I'd be very surprised if we didn't we didn't get someone in someone in there. Mm. Uh, another couple, well, maybe one or two positives. Brantwhite, I thought, done okay. Uh, he's a bit slow, I thought, for the second goal, but I wouldn't wouldn't take that away. He's only a kid, second or third game. I thought he'd done well again. Just so so short on the ball, really, isn't he? And he's not afraid to take a ball. Yeah, it's that composure. It sounds uh, Quite scary, Joe, for such a young <laughs> lad, you know. And and your your heart is in your mouth at times, but he's definitely more comfortable on the ball than uh, Keane is. Yeah, Michael yeah. Keane is, you know. And the whole playing out from the back, oh, no. you know, yeah. Um, that, that was hard rendering moments at all. But that's but, a common thing, though. It, like, listen, we can eat that in a minute, but it's just. Why? Why do it? Because you're bringing yourself under pressure the minute paper touches the ball. It's 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 ridiculous. Well, it's not so much about us doing it. I mean, it, but you look at the way Bournemouth were set up with three up front who were pressing really hard and oh. really high as well. You know, after the first kick out, you're going to say that they're going to be standing on the 18 and they're pushing yeah. spit on you. And we we didn't learn from it, but yeah, I mean that's the way they're going to be playing from now on. So we just need to get used to it. I think. Oh, yeah. oh no. I think I think if Holgate will come back in there he's obviously good, good at the ball at his feet as well so it'll be interesting to see who I would presume that he will be first choice next season and it's whoever will be alongside him yeah I think it's right Collie it'll be Holgate and A and other at the moment it looks like it would be Michael Keane for me I wouldn't be 100% on that job, to be honest with you, I think Holgate will start off on the, the right hand side of the, the centre backs. I think we will bring in a left foot centre half, and I think either Mina or Keane will go. I think Keane, people, I know Michael Keane's done really well, but 
Uh, Keane's now entering into the last, uh, coming up to 18 months left on his contract. It's that kind of time where you either sell and you get a bit of decent money for him at the moment or you kind of just let the contract run down. Mina is out injured, but unfortunately the lad just seems to be very injury prone. And could you trust him to go a tw- whole season without getting injured? I just no, couldn't I see himself. He has it in him, does he? I don't think so. Um, and then we spoke about this in the last part about the Assam Brandway out as well and Gibson. Well, Gibson's wanted by Rangers at the moment. Um, Stephen Gerrard wants to bring up the Rangers on a permanent deal. I don't think that's going to happen, but it might be an option to get him up on, on, on a loan season, a long loan, you know. So mm. I do think we're going to bring in the centre-half, um, a left-footed left centre-half. And I think uh, if you're a betting man, you put on a right-winger to come in. Yeah, is this something we could we could get more? We need we need a we need definitely need a, a playmaker, a number ten because Shakerson was that player, but nah, there's no one there. There's just no one there. Maybe listen, I know we, we've been slating him in the last few weeks, but Gomez maybe if he gets a couple of months rest under his belt and a pre-season, he get close to the player we know he is, Rich. But, uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, I lost you there for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, he needs it. I suppose he's shown what he can do. We've said this already, but yeah, we, midfield, we need to we need to reinforce badly. Um, the playmaker thing, uh, if we're going playing as a, as a, as a flat four across, across the middle, you know, I think it's more of a, more of a box-to-box, more energy that, mm. that we're looking into rather than, than, than a creative and you're, and you're bringing the creative stuff from, from your wide positions. So it, it it really depends on what the plan is going forward, you know. But yeah, I mean, right now I think the, the personnel that we have is is better suited to the four two three one that that we that we've been playing. So it, again, I suppose it'll just come down to seeing how many bodies we can get in. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just the, the word overhaul keeps coming into my mind. It's really, really, it's going to be a long, long summer. Yeah, it, and as I said, the best thing is that it's finished and we're not seeing any more gaps. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, the transfer window opened yesterday, Collie, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I, but I, I presume that they, they, they'd been working beforehand. Like, probably during lockdown, I think they, they would have started searching and sussing out A's well, and players. So. Well, brands always maintained uh, that the work on transfer window starts the day after the last one closes. Mm. So if that's the case then himself and Stenson, his other senior scout, uh, you would think has been working over the last couple of months. Um, Angelotti's made it clear we, we need players in before the start of pre-season. I don't know how, I don't know how successful that's going to be, you know, but it would be ideal if you could get in there to whatever. I don't think there's going to be a mass overhaul, Joe, either. You might find a lot of frays and a couple of swap deals happening, all right. And that's not just whatever, and that's what all clubs, Joe. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I hope I hope he gets I hope he gets some of his players in for pre season, and then obviously they're not going anywhere. It's going to be at Finch Farm. So, uh, I think just on that, Rich, pre season, it's not going to be too long, to be honest, between. Like what is it? Eight weeks, seven, eight, eight weeks. Seven, yeah. yeah. But like with 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 leagues finishing late, so players players will kind of be up to speed ish already. Yeah, I'd say the idea that they'll be given programs go away, kind of stay. I mean, they're all 
massive athletes now anyway. Mm. So it's a case of just going away and kind of keep topped up and they'll be back in probably two, three weeks, I would think. Mm. You know, probably two weeks back to do to do a month pre-season. Try yeah. to get a couple, a couple of games in behind closed doors and things like that. Mm. Of course, any, any, any European targets, Collie, like the Europa League and Champions League are still going. So players are going yeah. to be up and ready. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, they're back in the middle of August, so you're looking at a three-week break for the players. I've seen Bernard is on his way back to uh, Brazil there yesterday. Um, so I think you're looking at about three weeks, and then they're back pre-season. Um, and then obviously the, the season itself is kicking off on the 12th of September. So. Mm. It's just the time you when you want the long summer, it's just not coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's, it's just, just we'll run through why don't we just run through the, the starting 11 Joe on, on, yeah on. yeah. well listen we don't pick for it he's he just shocking mm. it just like he said he has that great shot stopping ability but he has a mistake or two in him so poor 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 um, Sadibi they do doing okay I thought again I think he just gets forward a bit too much Collie don't forget to come back. Yeah, and he left the club yesterday. The club wished him all the best for the, mm, yeah. the following season. So it, it, it's hard to see uh, him coming back. But look, uh, he done okay over over the course of the season. I think he, his form has dipped quite a lot since mm. Christmas. And um, I thought before Christmas, if you'd ask me, would we keep him? I would have gone, yeah. But I think since Christmas, that uh, as I said, that the form has dipped. So he's on his way and. You know, you thank him for his service. He he done okay through the season. You know, yeah, I think that's the that's the thing about the alarm and the performance that was and it was so like quick. The dip and Sorry, form from the, the dip and form from Sadibi, it was the it was the quickness of it. Yeah, I I was never blown away with him to be honest. You know, I saw him as as being really poor or some days that he can hit the heights. You know, when it, when he got forward, he was he he's discharged. He's he's crossing was good. But more often than not, I felt that he was just poor and not going to be worth the investment. So, you know, he did okay, but not for, for me, definitely not worth kind of spending yeah. about 13 or 15 million for me. No, mm. not worth it. Just better out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Touch on Brantway already. Uh, Kane. Kane, for me, uh, he's not the leader he should be, Collie. I think, he, especially with the kids around him, he, he, should, be, he should be shouting and screaming and, and dragging and kicking. But, I don't know if he has that in him, would he? I don't, I don't think so, Joe. Uh, my only defence of, of Michael Keane on Sunday was his midfield game of nothing. That's Absolutely a recording team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so he, he, was, uh, he was very exposed. Uh, now, I didn't think he had his best of games, that's for sure. Mm. But uh, I'm sure, you know, if, if the midfield had, had offered so, any sort of help in there, he, he may have come across a bit better. But... Uh, Five out of ten for me on Sunday, anyway. If we're giving scores out of ten, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was just, just one day. Now, like after lockdown, he was man the match, probably three or four games, Rich. But uh, was... yeah, maybe just one of those days, you know. Again, as you said, no protection, and you know, got a bit of a run around from there, from their front boys that they really look kind of up for it and a lot of pace and energy, which doesn't suit him, but. I mean, that's what he's there to do. And if he, he can't, he needs to organise kind of around him. And yeah, I, to be honest, I felt the whole back four, they kind of looked at, 
a little less organised as, as they have done of late. You know, it's, it's, you know, we were kind of praising at the start that we were very organised and keeping clean sheets and things like that. And you know, you know, conceding three at home to Bournemouth, it, it doesn't look good. Yeah, I think I'm missing someone like a guy, the guy sitting in front of the back four, colleague. Like, just, uh, some players do that now, but they just forget that, that that's the role, and they they push up into midfield. So yeah, I think, I think again going into transfer market might need someone, someone maybe even a guy and a guy to come back. <laughs> I don't know, but that's again that's another story. Now Brand White we touched on, he was good. Dina, uh, I thought done okay. Uh, again, he got a, just a recording team, which he got a couple of kicks. Uh, again, so are they targeting him? I don't know. Yeah, it's only when you say it actually that uh, didn't really think about it but yeah they definitely did kind of tr- throughout it I don't know about targeting whether it's just kind of someone who who plays like him and is mm. very kind of on the front and he's pushing forward just, you know the, that he gets caught a bit or what but yeah I thought he done well in the second half that he was really trying to push on you know um, again they're, 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 they put us under a bit of pressure um, Brooks was on that side and he done well mm. but um, yeah second half I thought he improved a bit and he kind of pushed on and he was attacking a bit more but again, look, just one of those days across the board for me. Yeah, it really it's, is. It's, yeah. Very, it's very hard to kind of get too many, too many praise out of it. Mm, yeah, going into the, the favourite topic midfield. Just, listen, Walcott done. I, I thought he done well. Uh, again, he has that pace and a couple of good balls he put in. But um, he fades. He fades quickly as well. Uh, similar to Bernard, he doesn't have a ninety minutes in him, Colly, does he? Maybe because no, of the um, effort he puts in. I think so, Joe, yeah. And I don't think... I, I, I said in the last part, I think uh, Theo will be there next season as a squad player. Mm. Um, I really do. Um, I thought he'd done well. I agree with you. He, he can get us up to the pitch uh, quite fast, quite quickly. And hopefully going forward, uh, for a player to come off the bench, he does have that pace to get in behind. Um, his final ball is, has always been the issue. I think, I think we've already gone through that. So... Um, Great chance, uh, Richie mentioned the Moise Keane um, pass earlier on to him. Mm. I thought he, he could have done a little bit better, but look, um, I thought, thought Walcott on the whole done, done all right and certainly um, didn't uh, didn't let us down, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just the consistency for me, Rich, with him. That's, that's just his... Yeah, for me, it was, the, it was the final ball. You know, he was picking it up and he was getting in, into positions and things like that. But, you know, again, final ball, as we, you know, we've said time and time again, you know, mm-hmm. that's Theo Walcott. We just need to live with it and say, right, we'll get, whether it's one in five or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the player he is, you know. But he, uh, there was work rate, there was a bit of effort from it at least, you know, and he was getting into positions, he was taking us forward. But yeah, again, final ball, a couple of half chances, one one good chance, and then a couple of crosses that just don't beat the first man. And it's just frustrating when you get into the good positions that you're not. You need to make those pay, you know, and that's and that's mm. the thing. But uh, mm. yeah, as as Collie said, that he'd be a decent addition to, to be bringing off the bench next season, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think just an impact player is what what you'd call Theo Walker. Um, we can talk about the other three as a package rather than individually because I. I don't think the three of them actually know their position. Because uh, they just seem to be crisscrossing, overlapping, everything else, and no one's actually doing the job. That's 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 the problem. 
I don't know. It's, again, I don't keep on, but Tom Davis is just a, he's a passenger. Every single game, he's a passenger. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I watched, uh, obviously, I, I watched the game at home, Joe, because it was on nights at the weekend, but um, I don't know whether you guys may have picked it up. Um, Tom, at one stage during the game, Davis gave a ball out to the right. It was a very easy pass to give out to Sadibi and he, he, he hit it. It was a dreadful pass. And um, Carlo looked at him and he said something to him and Carragher remarked on it. And I just thought to myself, that's... Dave was gone. Um, I really did. Yeah, Joe, there was another ball then he gave... Um, in this place and the, the camera went on Angelotti and it was just his look of disappointment let's say and as Tom came off the pitch there was little or no interaction between the two of them I'd be very surprised if Tom Davis is in the Everton squad next year yeah, or next said, season we said we said this countless times he just he just hasn't progressed Rich has he just he's just He's just the same player he was when he got yeah, into I mean, I, I, I mean, on Sunday, I thought, you know, there's a lot of running around, but there's no impact. It's not really doing anything. He's kind of chasing the game all the time mm. and just can't get up to the speed of it or can't get involved with it. And then, as you said, that sloppiness on the ball time and time again, you know, simple, simple passes. But yeah, to be honest, look, I think we all know that he's not our long-term answer anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I think we've spoken about kind of trying to get him alone because I suppose you're just giving him a bit of grace being being a local lad and that you want him to, to do well. But he's he's probably gone beyond that age now. You know, he's 22, is it? Is he more? Mm. You know, so no, I, I, I would think that for his own career that he's probably going to need a a move where he can play week in, week out. And 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 just try to try to get that bit of stability and probably confidence as well because he's getting slated yeah. week in week week out and it's not exactly. you know that, that's not right either. Yeah, someone threw a court ball yesterday, Collie. Here's one for you. I know you like Tom. Listen, we all like Tom Davis. Don't get me wrong, and we want him, like you said, because he's a local lad. We want him to be the next Evertonian star, but he just hasn't got it. But someone threw a court ball yesterday, Bill, because he hasn't got that pace. Just sitting here in front of the back four. But I said, chap can't pass wind. So, what's the, what's the point of putting him there if he can't play a ball? I actually think that's where he started on Sunday, Joe, to be honest with you. Yeah, he does play that role for the 21 international oh. side. It, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, 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 again, look, leaving sentimentality aside, Joe, can't see where Tom Davis fits into Everton Football Club, and I'm saying that sadly. I, I, Absolutely, I suppose, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just as much as I'd love a player to work out at Everton, I just don't think it is going to. And and we may, as a fan base, have to accept that Tom Davis may have to move on to mm. further his own career. Mm. Like at the end of the day, as Richie said, he's only a young lad. I think he is only 21, 22. So he needs to get out there. He needs to be playing regular football, and I think that may be away from the Premiership altogether. Yeah, That's just yeah. my own opinion, though. I think you touched on it last week or the week before that. Name a top ten Premier League team that he gets into. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> we're, in my mind, we're, doesn't. we're twelve, and he can't even get into ours. <laughs> yeah, uh, the other two, uh, 
listen, we're talking about that that midfield as a package. Um, Sigerson, after impressing the last game, he just reverted the type again. I, again, I, I just think that the three of them don't know where, what they're supposed to be doing. They're just overlapping and running into each other and there's, there's, there's nothing. There's no creativity. There's, there's just nothing there. So, out of the other two, I think, well, out of them three, I think Gomez is the only one that will not be ever next year, to be honest, Rich. I hope you're right. You know, that's all I can say about it is I, is, is I hope that's the case. Um, as I said, yeah, Sigerson kind of put in a performance against Sheffield United, but reverted to type, and it's the same thing. I, I look, I, I, I said it earlier that he slowed everything down, didn't didn't give the right ball, and it's just it's time and time again. Oh, he just doesn't have the the, the desire, you know, to put in the shift for us. So whether that's a case that he's being told that he's out the door or not, we don't know. But I mean, you you, you need to see more. Gomez very disappointing again. Again, misplaced a couple of passes and things. But look, you you, you give him the benefit of the doubt. The season is over. I just want him to come back fresher, get another break, and hopefully that it'll kind of help his recovery. And I know he's had a lot of games kind of since. And you know he's the one fella that we will give the benefit of the doubt to because we know what he can do when he's when he's in the right side and when he's playing well. So I just kind of get the right players in around him, and he's one that will that'll benefit from it and will 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 be like kind of an extra addition to it. Yeah, I think like he could be like a, a new player if he comes back. <laughs> Almost like a new signing if you want. Like just get that fitness, get that consistent level that is just missing since lockdown, to be honest. But um yeah, we spoke about Keane. I thought he'd done very well. Uh, Richarlison again, same thing, just runs I think he's the most uh, workaholic player we have, Cully. He's the only player who absolutely runs every single match. Oh, absolutely, Joe. Well, although I did sense on Sunday an air of frustration with him. I thought it was one or two times he was just getting... Now, frustration with his own team, not against... That's, no, that's what I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, he's, um, only, he's only showing what we all feel. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, like, the, the player, like, you, you look at modern-day players and you know, some will interact with fans and what have you, but like Richarlison gets the club, he gets mm. the fan base. Um, and I think that's why we love him so much. Mm-hmm. And no one can blame how frustrated he, he must be feeling. He's a, he's a top class player, Joe. Mm. He's still, again, he's a young lad and, and with room to grow, you know. Um, and thankfully, he'd be with us next season. I, I can't see that situation changing, but. Uh, you could you could definitely sense in my in my mind the sense of frustration with him on Sunday with with the rest of the team. You know, there was one occasion, Joe. You're talking about Sigerson there. Uh, Sigerson took the ball in the middle of the park, and he has Richarlison on one side, Walcott on the other, and Moise Kane all running off him, mm. and he picks the side where it's passed to Davis, and even Carragher mentioned it in commentary. You know, mm. this is, and you can understand why Deloitte and Richardson because he he had ample room. Like you know, mm. silly little things like that are just are downfall. Yeah, and I, I do think I do think you need something uh, a bit of imagination maybe in the final tour to playmaker as such. You know. Yeah, I think at the, at that moment uh, we all just it just reaffirmed what we said. Midfield is our biggest biggest problem. Which it's just nothing coming from midfield when players are bombing on. And there's a pass there. It's either sideways or backwards or or 
there's just no vision in midfield. There's no vision. If you don't create chances, you don't you don't score goals, you don't win games. And I mean, if you're only going sideways <laughs> or, or yeah. backwards, you know, you're not even get, getting yourself up the field, giving you an opportunity. But the thing is, when when you have willing runners and you're not even putting it in over the top from to run after, it's mm. it's very frustrating to watch. You know, after the success that they had against Sheffield United, that they just you know went back to went back to themselves again. But yeah, I I, I just don't get it to be honest. Yeah, it's just frustrating. I actually just saying there, I skipped past Seamus. Seamus done okay. Solid, solid enough. I mean, listen, you can just see it's evident. Like his, his pace is kind of gone as well. So he, he can't get as far as much as he can, Collie, without someone backing him up. And we don't seem to have that backup player at the moment to, to allow him the freedom to, to get forward. Yeah, I think the whole right hand side of the pitch was going to be interesting uh, from a summer transfer point of view for us, Joe. To be honest with you, um, be interesting to see what happens with John Joe. Um, obviously, Leighton has has retired now at this stage, so unfortunately, we have to look for another left full. Um I would agree with you in relation to Seamus. He's done quite well, but look, let's call a spade a spade here. Seamus is. is Unfortunately, coming to the end of his career rather than starting off, you know. Um, give me a shame, was from 10 years ago, any day of the week. But I, I do think the whole right hand side of our team will be an interesting one and see what they actually do with that side of the pitch. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go after a right full mm. and sell John Joe. Just to, yeah, well, I know we spoke before. Just sell John Joe, Rich. Right, right. Listen, this did the chap wants to come back. He said this before. He might not want to come back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. Now that our hand is after being forced and having to buy a left back, maybe it'll go on hold for a year if if you can think that you can get by with Seamus and John Joe. But um, it is a place that I'd be looking to to invest in as well, you know, because I don't see Kenny being a long-term answer either. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be done at some stage. And if the right person is available for it, you know, I, I think I think that they probably will, but yeah. it, I think it'll come down to, you know, do you want to be replacing your two? Well, you won't be replacing, but bringing in another body and another body kind of, you know, maybe a loan or something to get you through the year again. And, and it, it all depends on what's available. You know, the yeah. windows, it's, it's kind of nuts. You know, we yeah. don't really know what's going on. So, yeah, I think this we'll just wrap up that bomber match. I think. Just glad that the season's over. That's really it's just it came three games too late, I thought, for us because it was just muck, muck, muck. Apart from a couple of little like you say, Collie Overwards, Green Shoots, uh Brantway. Uh, it's just horrible end of season. I suppose Yeah, yeah, horrible end of season, um, Joe. And um, Again, as as an Everton supporter, we always feel optimistic going into the the new season, but it's it's going to be an interesting uh, three months, Joe. I think I think that the window closes on the fifth of October, but Angelotti's al- already said that he wants his players in if he can by the start of pre-season. So, interesting six weeks ahead, Joe. I think. Yeah, spot on, Rich. I think. Yeah, I was just going to kind of finish with. I suppose you look you look at Sunday. And you look at the players on the field and I suppose we were all kind of gutted to, to have Baines announce his retirement afterwards. And if any of the other ones, you really couldn't care less if you ever saw him in, a, in, a, in an Everton short again. Yeah. 
you know, you know, you're 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 crying out for late to kind of say, right, give it one more year, and the rest of them, you know what? If, if they never put on the shirt again, it wouldn't bother me in the slightest because the, what they what they gave us back is very very little. Uh, I think. Listen, someone said yesterday after the match, uh, saving grace that there was no fans there because there would have been skin and hair flying. There. And listen, the stadium could have been empty near the end anyway. So if if there was fans in the place, but no lack of honour anyway. Yeah. Anyway, listen, listen. We we move on to uh, sad news. We all kind of knew it was coming. Uh, we were hoping he'd sign that contract, Carly, but it didn't happen. And uh, Leighton announces retirement from football altogether, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise. I thought he might have went somewhere for the last couple of seasons. But um, what a player, Mister 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 Consistency. Reminds me of yeah. Dennis Irwin. Uh, Years ago, never ever seems to have a bad game ever. Yeah, you could always when you seen Leighton's name on on the team sheet, you were always confident enough that he'd give us that seven or eight out of ten. You know, and mm. um, it's a bit rare at the moment in in relation to uh, Everton players. But he played four hundred twenty games for his job, thirty nine goals and sixty seven assists. And oh um, the word legend is is used maybe too often. Well, Leighton is up there has to be surely you know I don't know whether you heard the Roy Keane uh, story about him uh, Keane was manager of Sunderland at the time and he met him uh, in relation to the transfer to Sunderland and Leighton told him he said look Roy he said um, if Everton come in for me I'm going to Everton I'm an Everton boy you know I actually think Leighton went out the way he wanted it uh, yeah. given there was no fans there he just went out and and, and uh quietly just slipped away as such and then I read on, on social media he went to the taxi club on Sunday yeah, night yeah, uh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's so. just a measure of the man isn't it Rich he's just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. just a normal normal fellow I remember speaking to Bob Latcher and he said it perfectly I'm just a normal man who happens to play football quite well <laughs> you know? yeah and by all accounts Baines isn't a, you know he's not a big football lover you know he doesn't eat sleep and you know and, and, and breathe it you know like some like some other players do that he's got a lot of interest away from the game with photography and music and stuff like that mm. so yeah I, I, I'd agree that he kind of you know he clearly didn't want a fuss made which is why he wasn't announced until afterwards and everything and just kind of play the game and then write that that's it but yeah I mean what a servant to the club to give 13 years and those kind of numbers that that Collie called out there, you know, there's, you know, I suppose it's been said, but yeah, you know, the word legend is used too often in my eyes. But yeah, I think for a fellow who, unfortunately, that we couldn't provide him with a trophy, that you know, he he definitely be in those ranks. That's the killer for me, Collie. That player, someone put up a photograph yesterday of a team from the Moyes era, and Seamus is the last man standing. Of like the likes of Sahar. Tim Cale put it up. Tim Cale wasn't, yeah. And uh, it, it just looking at yeah. the team and, and in relation to Leighton Baines, how, how he didn't have a trophy of some description. It's just, it's just shocking. Yeah, and, and uh, so, something else I read then as well. I've no doubt, obviously, the Man United bid from was was highly publicised at the time and look, he didn't go, but I've no doubt that Everton were contacted by other clubs, both in the Premiership and Europe wide, in relation to Leighton Baines, um, and he stayed with us. I, I, I know Carlo was kind of hinted at maybe a possible future role within the club. 
that's something I just don't see Leighton doing. Maybe an ambassador a role down the line, but like he does seem to have a lot of uh, external interests, and uh, I think he, he, he's quite comfortable and uh, with his family on on Merseyside. So, I look best of luck to Leighton. You know, yeah. the kind of way, it was a sad day and kind of took a lot of the criticism away from the performance on Sunday. I suppose you know, yeah. um, but I wish him all the best for. Yeah. for, for no. Like I said, he does a lot of stuff off the pitch, but he's a massive, massive supporter and contributor to everything in the community, Rich. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a testimonial for him somewhere down the line and all the money going to everything in the community. Well, it'd be nice just for the fans to be able to give him some bit of a send-off mm. as well. You know, um, Hopefully something will be done kind of once the gates are open again and we're allowed back in. You know, but If anyone deserves it, it's that man. Um, yeah, just kind of on what you were saying, it's, it's just so disappointing to... Uh, give him a send-off at that level of a performance from his teammates yeah. that they couldn't dig in. You know, I, 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 it just nearly shows a lack of respect, you know, that they couldn't kind of give an effort to try. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just another game. But you say, right, they knew that he was finishing and everything like that. So it just would have been nice to kind of to make a, uh, some sort of an effort and they didn't. Uh, I'm just thinking outside the box, Collie. Would that be... Uh, one of his factors in his decision, looking at the dross that's playing around him, and he can't get in the team. I would think so, Joe. Yeah, no, I'm just, again, it's just, it's just something that popped into my head. So, I, I, I think maybe I, I, I heard a, a very good thing about him, and someone from that would be quite close to Leighton. And, I think it was Alan Morris possibly said it, that if he felt himself that he just wasn't able to commit 100% either mm. to training or whatever the case would be, that he, it was always the case that he'd step aside. He'd never put himself into a situation where he just, as such, go along with the flow. Mm. So I think that's just the character of a man. That's how he felt, that he just couldn't give it 100%. Whether that's, whether has, has that any reflection on his playing time this season? I don't know, actually, Joe. Something I never thought about, um, to mm. be honest with you, but he would have thought then if that was the case, he might have gone on to America or down to another club or whatever, you know. Um, but as I say, he stepped away now. So Yeah, sad. Again, it's like someone said yesterday, Leighton, Leighton done his own thing right to the very end. So, uh, I think you yeah. might say now Leighton Bain's banned in the not-too-distance future, I think. Somewhere in the Cavan club. It would be bad to see uh, 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 testimony with Wigan, given how, yeah. you know... The financial situation that we're going to yeah. in, you know, the yeah. so maybe not beyond the rounds of possibility that. Yeah, exactly. Or even listen, some of the some of the players that he's played with at Everton against. Yeah, and, yeah, but yeah, you know, the, yeah. the career of the ball, he was probably up there with being one of the best left backs, or not the left best left back in Europe. And at yeah. the same time, Ashley Cole was kind of in England, so it didn't probably get as much international recognition mm. as he should have had, mm. you know, but. Yeah, it just, it just goes to show the, the level that he was at, you know, and we were blessed to have him for, for that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he went to zero eight zero nine season, having played 50 games con- consistently for us. Brilliant. That's some achievement, that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll never forget, and listen, we all talk about it, the, the uh, partnership he had with Painter, it was just on unreal. They just had this telepathy that each player knew where the other was going to be. Without even looking, it was just, it was just uh, like I said. How did that? How did that team or that squad not not win a trophy? It's just just beyond me. Uh, 
Okay, uh, just a couple of bits before we go. Uh, a couple of bits of news. Carly, you know, we're getting into your favourite part of footballing world. Silly Jim White season, as I call it. Um, linked with a couple of players today. Yeah, well, first and foremost, one of our younger lads has gone off to uh, twenty FC20 in Holland on loan for the full season. Nathandolo Markello. Uh, he's a midfielder, Joe. Um, he signed a two-year contract before heading off. So um, they're quite optimistic about this young lad, the club. Um, I know Brands is a fan, so should be a good loan from uh, out, in, out in Holland. Uh, if he gets regular game time. What age is he? Uh, he, uh, he played 23s with uh, Unsworth side. I think he's in around the 21 mark. Mm. Um, uh, then from the last pod, Thankfully, Adam Lallana has signed for Brighton, so we don't have another crock um, in the recovery realm. So he signed on a three-year contract, and then again, you've you said to yourself, it's silly season, Joe. We're being linked with players left, right, and centre. There is one that I was going to—I was waiting for this moment to tell you. Uh, there is a possibility of Iwobi uh, heading out. Oh, there is a god. Um. Possible suggestions if we if the interest in Zaha is real, does Zaha and Tosin maybe used as late? Uh, sorry, Iwobi and Tosin may be used as a lightweight in the deal for would Zaha. Would that not reduce the fee? <laughs> <laughs> listen, no, sorry, listen, listen. Actually, just to touch on that, was he injured for Sunday? Was he on the bench? No, he wasn't. Um, yeah, so that's a Carlo was asked about it. Yeah. He just said it was. Uh, he just said that it was um, tactical. I think he said he had two mm. keepers on on, on the bench. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's because all there. Yeah. Uh, another thing I've seen today. Yeah, your face is after lighting up, Joe. <laughs> again, I said it before. It's nothing personal at all. I just, as a footballer, I think he's good. <laughs> that's 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 all. I'm not gonna listen. We leave the Obi bus there. See you, Alex boy. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I read today, and I just can't believe what we're, we're letting Leighton Baines retire at 35, and we're chasing Brandislav Ivanovic. Kali, like I know we we spoke a couple of times about bringing in experience, but this chap's 37. No. But you have to look at the, the grander scale of this, Joe. And, uh, this is something that maybe as a fan base, uh, we need to kind of accept. If, and we're, we're speaking hypothetical here. This is yeah, obviously of course, just, of course. You know, yeah. A silly season, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was a thing that he came in, I genuinely think he'll be only on a 12 to 18 month contract. Mm-hmm. You've signed this young French left full, and Carlo's already said that he'll spend 12 months playing at 23 level, but will be integrated in the first team. So Carlo's saying that's going to take at least a year for this young lad to come in. Mm. Now, I agree with you in relation to his age, but how many games does he get per season? Only when Dina is is uh, injured. Now we've also been linked with one of our old players, Joe Anthony Robinson, that was at Wigan. Oh, very he, has a, he has a, a 1.5 million pound relegation release clause. Mm. As was Joe Williams at Wigan as well. I, I always like Joe Williams. He's a, a midfielder. But Anthony Robson is another option there as well. Um, but I don't know. People say players shouldn't go back to their clubs. But 
he's not a bad young player that Anthony Robinson he nearly went to AC Milan in, in January but something came up in his medical and that's being sorted out now so I was actually well, no, surprised when he left that Everton, I would say, because he was, one, was of the brighter, himself, one of the brighter stars. Yeah, yeah. American international mm. as well. Mm. You know, listen, if he wants to come back and sit on the bench and maybe look at trying getting in, I don't know. I just don't understand the uh, advantage team. Like he's not going to come and play, like you said, but he's going to come on big wages, Rich. That's another. <clears throat> we have to try and get out of this thing, uh, bringing lads in on big, big wages. Yeah, I suppose you, you, you they balance it. You know, do you bring someone in on a at a younger age and sign him, give him a three four year deal, mm. but knowing that we have someone that's going to fall into it in 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 twelve fall into that position as a backup in twelve months' time, mm. you know, that we need to be kind of paying a fee plus giving a contract o- o- over that length of time. So I can I can see the mentality behind the Ivanovic thing. I don't think he's the right option. You know, but yeah, I, it's it's not beyond beyond the realms of a possibility either. It's a. Mm-hmm. I think you know, another another thing, lads, we need to realise is uh, he played under Carlo at Chelsea, oh, yeah. and I would suspect that Carlo sees him as a leader, both on and off the pitch. So this could be another um, plus, let's say, for Carlo if he was to bring in someone like Ivanovic. He knows what he's getting. Okay, mm-hmm. he's not going to play every game of the season, but. From a, a, a dressing room point of view, he could be something that Carlo feels were lacking. You know, a talker. And, and, and so, on a 12 to 18 one contract, if there's no sign, if there's no obviously fee involved, he comes on a free contract, okay, you're paying him whatever you're paying him. Would it be worth it to bring him in just for that level of experience? You know? Yeah. I think we said it before that one thing we're missing, Rich, is the leader. But there's, there's no leaders on the pitch. Seamus is probably the closest we have, but uh, maybe it could be like I know we touched on it before. Uh, Watt Smith brought in someone like Richard Goff Gaza, you know, leaders like leaders of men. And and for for well, that's not a leader of men, but you know what I mean? His his influence around the pitch and off the pitch and in around the dressing room. So maybe that's what Carlos looking at because we don't seem to have it at the moment. Well, that's it. The mentality needs to change. Bringing someone like that in that he knows what he's going to get. He has a winning mentality as well. You know, he's been through and won in a lot of places. So, you know, there's there's a lot of positives actually when you go, when you go through it from when you, when you take the age out of it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, when they look at his medals and but just his age has to come into it. So. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. yeah. He's totally seven. Ant Nels, call the Ant Nels in the uh, silly yeah. papers. Yeah, well, just. Uh, before we just close off the Ivanovic uh, story, Joe, um, I think what we might find this year or this summer uh, window is players will have to be brought in on big wages because there's no European football. Mm. So, obviously, we've been linked with Alan from Napoli, uh, Brazilian. He's uh, 29 November or 30 November. We're now being linked with uh, Immobile. Immobile? He's a striker in the Italian league yeah, with Napoli. Yeah, yeah. Huge money again, but he's 30, but this boy can score so you know I, I've said it on, on one or two forums that man that I think the two or three players that we do buy um, may be older players and they could mm. be on 100,000 plus now we've gotten rid of wages after the books obviously Snyderland's gone Sadibi's mm. gone the likes of Nias is gone so look at the one thing to remember it's not air money and oh, no, 100% yeah yeah and we're owned 
boy, a financial accountant. So, you know, this isn't, let's write down on the calculator, or let's put down the calculator how much we can spend. So this, this lad knows, you know, what we can or we can't afford, you know. And obviously FFP, but they're, they're aware of all the, the implications surrounding FFP. But just to get on in relation to other news then, Joe, um, no, I, I don't think so. Just being a couple, uh, midfield is the, is the big one. Heiberg looks as if he's going to Spurs. Um, at the moment, they've only bidded fifteen million. Your man from Southampton's come out and said that they'll keep him for another twelve months if no club uh, reaches their expectations. Mm. Um, from our point of view, Romero, the Man United uh, reserve goalkeeper, is being linked. Brands had him at AZ Alkmaar. Uh, good, good keeper. I have to say, John, John, one of the best in the Premiership as a second keeper, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martinez in, in Arsenal is also another one I wouldn't mind having. Um, and then look, the usual Jesse Lingard has been mentioned again, and you know it's hard to see exactly they're, they're meeting allegedly they're meeting this week. You would think that the, the targets are all in place, and we just go forward from here, but. I would say, well, Carlo, maybe take a week or two off and then get into business. So I, I can't see anything being done maybe for a, a little while, particularly mm-hmm. with the Champions League um, still going on. Yeah. Alan is, is with Napoli. I think Napoli are still in the Champions League, Joe. So they're not going to start releasing players. Um, you know, so... No, that's it. I think, as I say, silly season is upon us. So, strong coming in kind of early, all right, just to kind of settle the nerves a small bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just blank football totally for two weeks. Just press the pause button. This last thanks very much. Uh, we uh, take a short little break, but before we do, actually, Alex Johnson will be joining us after the break in the next episode of Everton and Me. Uh, listen, lads, thank God the season's over. That's all I can say. Really, really, it's just been it's just been depressing, depressing, depressing. But sure, we're used to this. So I mean. Or after the hardest job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and listen, the optimism will just kick back in when the season starts. But uh, of course, it will. Yeah, yeah. We'll get oh, there. We'll get there. Lads. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We'll get there. So, uh, we'll be doing, folks, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. We'll be doing uh, a review of the season with uh, a few Irish Evertonians, season ticket holders, and they'll be putting their spoke in instead of listening the same. I would try to us three come out every week. So. But uh, listen, lads, thanks very much for having me over the last few weeks, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, right, Joe. Take care of yourself. Take care, boys. Bye bye. This is Kevin Campbell, and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to the next episode of our series, Everton and Me, where I speak to different fans from around the globe of how they became to fall in love with Everton Football Club. And today, I'm joined by Alex Johnson, all the way from the US of A. Hello, Alex. How are you doing, pal? Joe, I'm doing great. How about you? Glad to be on. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about yourself, Alex, before we start into the main point of today's podcast. Sure. So I've been an Everton fan for about a little over six years now. So I have not been suffering as as long as most have, and that's probably (laughs) where my optimism uh, comes into play, right? It it won't last long, believe me. (laughs) I have been, I have been legitimately watching religiously uh, for six years straight. I may miss one match a year and that's Mm. if like I have something I can't get out of, but uh, we have pretty good coverage here in the States on TV. 
Um, I, I'm not part of an official supporters club. I'm in Virginia, mm-hmm. but there's not one near me. I did think about starting one myself, but the thing that kind of got in my way was, you know, I, I co-host um, a show called American Talkie Podcast, mm-hmm. and I've been pouring a lot of time into that over the last couple of years. And so um, I kind of decided I just starting the club near me, although I know there would probably be enough people, um, wasn't viable for myself. Although I am jealous of a lot of people that have some of these big supporters clubs um, set up across the United States and get to go and watch at a, at a bar or a pub and that sort of thing. So I watch safely in my living room never have any guests because I don't know anyone else that's an Everton fan unless I'm playing their team. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You know, so I have a, you know, I have, I have a friend that's a Man U fan and he'll join and watch. He watched the uh, zero to four uh, drubbing last, oh, last nice. season. So that yeah, was, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I follow pretty much solo. Um, I, I keep up with, I enjoy meeting a lot of Everton fans. I actually mm. recently Joe, you and I met because um, James and I, my other co-host, went for our first uh, mm-hmm. our first tour of Goodison Park and stuff, and we stopped in Dublin beforehand. And and our trip was amazing. It was what like four months ago, right before COVID got like serious. Yeah, yeah, it was good timing. Probably, yeah, no, it really was because I started worrying about it the trip. I'm like, I'm over here in in Europe, and mm. uh, they're talking about COVID and and shutting down flights and that sort of thing. But um, being able to visit Goodison Park and and meet everybody like really nice Evertonians like yourself that really embody what the club's about. Um, that was really amazing and brought it full circle for me for sure. Yeah, I think anyone who followed uh, yourself and James' journey was it was amazing. It was, it, was, it was like being a fan for me. It was like being a fan for the first time again. What watching right. you watching you guys go through like the the initial like walking into Gullison Park and all that. I, right. I I actually still get that feeling when I walk into Gullison Park and really I just hope it never leaves me. It's just that hair on the back of your neck standing up when you just see the light. It's just it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I just tell us a little bit about uh, the podcast you're on with James. Yeah, so I uh, I had been an Everton fan like I said for years. And I just kind of got tired of following every single weekend and not really having any friends or anyone to talk to about it. And so I would use um, different social media, specifically like Reddit, to talk to people. Mm. And there were only a couple of podcasts out at the time, I think, a handful at least. That was in 2018. And, you know, some of them sounded like it was just a phone in the middle of a table with four people around it. So yeah. you've got like heavy scouse accents and the audio is not great. So I just kind of asked, Hey, would anyone be interested in Americans perspective? And that mm-hmm. would then allow me to connect with people mm-hmm. and literally just let me talk to people that care. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started doing that. James reached out later that year and said, Hey, I'd like to join you. So, you know, he kind of had the same vision, the same passion and energy as I did. And so we kind of teamed up and we've been doing it ever since for almost I think two years now together. So yeah. we you have quite a record pretty often. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I like to think so. And I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. our, our, it really just came full circle uh, about a month ago when we got to interview Tim Howard, which, you know, it was a mm-hmm. surprise meeting him when we, we visited mm-hmm. Goodison park a couple of months ago. And so he ended up coming through and, and doing an, an interview with us as well. So that was, that was the coolest part so far. And I think if I died tomorrow, as an Evertonian, I could be satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Even though uh, some people might 
hate that take simply because of how we finished the season. But yeah. from my personal perspective, coming full circle, um, because Tim Howard was really the one that, that got me into Everton, made me follow Everton after his 2014 World Cup heroics against Lukaku's yeah. Belgium. Yeah. Uh, that that was that was it for me for sure. Yeah, yeah. We just carry on into that. How you became an Everton was that was that the main reason? Like, do you yeah, it was. Tim Howard? So, well, that was that was the reason why I decided to give it a go. Right. So I I was taking um, summer college classes at the time of the 2014 World Cup. And so all I had was hours and hours of work at my desk and the World Cup was on. So I would just essentially tune into any group stage matches, whatever. I had my buddies over. We watched the USA matches. That was pretty much the first time I had watched soccer in general. Mm. Um, and it was just so exciting following the United States. A lot of people were really excited about it. and It seemed like the biggest World Cup for us, um, uh, for the men's national team yeah. uh, to that point. And so there was a lot of buzz about it. You know, Tim Howard puts in that performance against Lukaku's Belgium. That was that was on. That was just on. Right. Yeah. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to tune into Everton, and, and I actually ended up doing the same thing with Clint Dempsey, who was playing for uh, the Sounders, which is why I now follow the Sounders as well. And so I tuned in, and uh, you know, you, I would just early on, I would hear the commentators talking about um, different people around the club. You know, as you do during different matches, and. Mm. And I started to learn more about the club and realized that like the club's ethos and what they stood for um, pretty much aligned to like what I cared about in mm. sport in general. And so I kind of got hooked and, and no matter how hard I try after a 12th place finish each year, I, I tune into the next, to the start of the next season, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I've spoken to quite a few American fans and I admire them because they're not actually jumping on a bandwagon because we're, exactly. Well, we're rubbish. So <laughs> I, I admire that. Uh, just the love of Everton, and we haven't won anything since you, since like most American no. fans. It just, it's just amazing. Um, I, I, I think a lot of American fans as well. I'm not, I'm not sure if you feel the same. You think American or Everton have kind of missed a little bit of an opportunity in the American, American market? How would you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think James and I kind of. <laughs> complain about this all the time on, on our show as well, but it just feels like you had Tim Howard, um, essentially America's goalkeeper for a long stint. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you had Donovan come through, you had many players come through the club mm -hmm. as well, whether it was short or long stints. Yeah. And it just feels like with such a ginormous country with, with very solid marketing infrastructure, you know, it, it just made sense that they would have done something more, Yeah, you know? Um, it, and we just keep hoping for them to come back over, just come back over for, for a summer preseason tournament instead mm. of going to another random country. Right. Because I can tell you uh, boots on the ground here in the States that a lot more fans are becoming interested in the sport in general. Yeah. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. Everton's performance on the pitch is what really is going to drive a lot more fandom across mm. the world. Period. It, mm. it really doesn't matter how much you how how much marketing effort you expend or marketing dollars you expend. If, if you can't really put together um, a, a solid finish with Carlo Ancelotti at the helm, then Correct. that's going to hurt you as well. But yes, mm. I'm getting off on a tangent. It was very annoying that they didn't do more. It feels like they still should do more. Mm. Um, I think that they are with with with. Well, I really think that y'all are with the fans forum, right? And and yeah, now that there is work, there is work 
going on and, and, and the will and it's been looked at not just the US market but a global a global right. vision yeah the international fan survey yeah we talked mm-hmm. to Tony about that um, mm-hmm. on the episode and while I have you here on your own show I'd like to uh, um, say thank you to you Joe for putting in all the effort on the fans forum as well for, yeah. for looking out for international fans because that's mm-hmm. that's really cool and really important to us and if we didn't have people like you and Tony then I don't think uh, it would really matter so yeah, yeah. or hurt, it's, it's, be heard it's, it's a group effort, believe me. It's a group effort. Uh, just you mentioned earlier about yourself and James' trip to Goodison. That was your very first trip to Goodison Park, yeah? Yes, that was actually my first trip to another country. Oh, really? Um, well, my, yeah, well, yes. My first foreign country was Ireland, actually. And I met oh, yes. James there for the first time at about yeah. uh, 5 a.m. in the airport. So it was. It was my first trip to Goodison Park. Uh, we got the Legends Tour, which was really fun and interesting. Mm. Um, Big Nev was there. He was a character as uh, you tend to hear. Um, We also, you know, checked out the store. We got a a very nice, um, we got a very nice tour of Finch Farm. And so that was very cool. Yes. Um, And then we ended up, you know, we had other Evertonians that helped us out. And so not only did the club provide us with tickets for the Man U match um, and surprises of meeting Tim Howard and did all of that for us, which Mm -hmm. was completely unnecessary. They didn't have to do that. Um, you know, other Evertonians helped us out, got us a banner made. Um, other fans sold us at face value their tickets for Chelsea away because, you know, we didn't want to come for just one match. Yeah, yeah. Why not see a man, you and Chelsea? So it was, a, it was an amazing trip. As you said, I mean, just walking up and, and seeing Goodison Park, um, walking through to the seating section is just amazing. Like to see the pitch open up. Mm. And I can't explain to you, I was, I was trying to put it into words on my trip and I still don't think I can. The difference between how Goodison Park looks on TV after six years and how it mm. looks in person yeah. is completely different. Mm. I still can't tell you why. I think because things look so much further away in TV than they do in person. Um, yeah. But it, it 100% feels very close. I love how close it is to the pitch. Um, and I'm definitely going to be back before we end up moving. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope they'd replicate that closest to the pitch when we go to Bramley Moor. Right. Because I, that's I think, important. I think that's that's most of, if not all, the experience you get is being so close to, to yes. the action. Like clubs, yes. like like stadiums like West Ham and Sports, they're lovely and all, but you're like a miles away from the pitch. It's just exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same. Um. So. Uh, Alex, we'll go into a few questions. I'm not sure if you remember an old magazine called Shoot Magazine. I don't. I have. I am not. Yeah, it's probably before your time, to be honest. It was, Most likely. It was, yeah, it was a, a football magazine, a weekly magazine. Right. And uh, basically, they asked a different player each week the same questions. Mm-hmm. Birthplace, name, all that kind of. What car you drive, all that kind of rubbish. I'm not going to ask you all that boring right. stuff. But I've whittled it down to a few questions, so we'll go through them now. Your favorite player? Does it have to be? Does it have to be a player on Everton? Just curious. No. no. And is it no. of all time or current? All time, if you want. Pref- preferably Everton player. <laughs> but player. I, I, th- I think um, we know the answer already. But no, I, that's why I'm going to try to come up with a better answer. How about okay, that? Okay, go for it. I think. I think. I think my number two is going to be Stephen Naismith. Oh yeah, and I think Stephen Naismith. I mean, you can't you can't forget his perfect hat trick against Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. But uh, I think, I mean, I think a lot of fans agree he embodied what the club was about. He was a really hard worker. Maybe not technically 
the 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 best on the planet. But mm. I think I mean it, it was just fun to watch him buzzing around. A lot of times he had the attitude really that I think we're missing in the current current squad. You know, he was not afraid to square up and, and there's a funny picture of him pointing and laughing at someone's face. I don't remember yeah. who the other player I think, is. I think someone said a couple of podcasts ago, he got ever like he got yeah. like he bought into right. it. So yeah, yeah. And that's that's all that we ask as fans. That's it. Yeah. So who's Just your number one? Well, I mean, Tim Howard, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Has to be. You know, that's I, I can't lie and say it's not oh, after what I oh. just said. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I think Stephen A. Smith would be my uh, my my close second for sure. Mm. Okay, favorite other team, if you have one. Um, yeah, yeah. I so my favorite other team is is the Seattle Sounders and MLS. Um, I do. I have I have newly started following Inter, but uh, Seattle Sounders I follow religiously for you know six years as well. Are they close by you? No, very far oh. away. I actually okay. same same scenario. I actually went for the first time in November. I flew all the way okay. to Seattle, pretty much the opposite side of the country, and then saw them saw them play the MLS Cup. Actually, I, I've oh. seen them play in, in person. But usually, when they come to like DC, Washington DC, for example, is where I'm close to. Mm. And uh, what got you into Seattle in the first place? Sorry, what oh, oh Clint Dempsey. Oh, just yeah, Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he was he was killer in, the, in that same World Cup when I first started watching soccer, and yeah. and so and there obviously for, the commentators. He played for Fulham at the time, did he? He did. Yeah, he yeah, played yeah. for Fulham for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. that was a good time ago. Now maybe like 2010 or so, but yep. Yeah, not a good player. Okay, most memorable match. Hmm. I think the me- most memorable match has to be uh, the derby in which Jagielka tied it up to make oh. it 1-1, um, yeah. in which Magi- I think it was Magidi had the cross kind of mm. cleared from the box, and then Jagielka just smashes it. I was with uh, – the reason why it was so memorable, I was, I was with an old girlfriend at the time and her family at the beach, and they were going to go walk out on the boardwalk, and I said, I'm going to stay in the hotel. I've got something to do. <laughs> <laughs> and this was, I was pretty new to Everton at that point in time. And so I'm sitting there, you know, and I had a buddy that I knew that was a Liverpool fan, you know, he was texting me and chatting all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see that oh. and he just, he just slams it into the back of the net in the upper 90. He probably couldn't do that. My buddy, actually, my, my buddy, this Liverpool fan, I'll never forget this text. He said, he was so bitter and he said he couldn't do that the other 999 times he tried. <laughs> it doesn't and I matter. Said, well, he did it this time. It doesn't matter. So, <laughs> So that that's the most memorable match for me. Yeah, I remember that match. It was my birthday actually that day. Oh, we had a drink or two afterwards. Uh, biggest thrill. So I think this might be a lame one, but for me, it, it has to do with the Manchester United match a couple of months ago, only because it was my first in person. Mm. We had just sat down and down at Calvert Lewin scored in like the second minute because De Gea had, um, you know, tried to play out or you know play out the back and it didn't work out, but. Then we had that goal disallowed for us to win 2-1 in like the 95th, 96th minute. Mm-hmm. And when we scored at that point in time, I was going nuts um, up in the main stand. And that was like the biggest thrill for me because I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking like, we're the good luck charm. We showed up first match, <laughs> 2-1 against Manchester United. Carlo's here. We're going to get our hopes and dreams back hey, this yeah. season. Uh, um, and then it was taken away within about 27 seconds. Oh, no. And that, oh. 
I'll, I'll crash from there. Yeah. And Carlo got sent off, actually. He wanted to yes, he did. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny is Elle, during our tour, our Legends tour of Goodison Park, pointed mm. to a seat, and she said, that's the seat for the manager if they ever get sent off, but no one has yet, so it's never been sat in. Uh, that would be funny. She said this the day before <laughs> the Man U match, and she said it would be funny, but Everton are known for their firsts. Okay. And legitimately, the next day, <laughs> Carlo gets sent off to be the first manager to go sit in that seat. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, you couldn't ride it. Really, it's just no. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, biggest disappointment. Man, the biggest disappointment. Honestly, I think it was. I think it was the the, the zero to four result against Chelsea on our trip. Also, mm, that was you sad. know. Yeah. It's not, you know, just because it was so exciting, like it was our first time over, mm-hmm. you know, the Man U match, we should have won. No problem on to Chelsea. You look at their midfield starting like Billy Gilmore. Yeah. And you're like, and Mason Mount, and you're like, if there's a Chelsea midfield to beat, it's this one. Mm-hmm. And we show up and it's like nil to two in the first 15 minutes. And I'm just like, they, they don't care, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that was my biggest disappointment for sure. Welcome to the world of an Evertonian. <laughs> Specifically, England, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, best country visited? Mm. Well, Joe, I've got two on my list. One of them is yours, so don't get angry with me. No problem. I actually, me. so, I actually will go with Ireland, though. I'll go with okay. Ireland. I was only there for about a day and a half. Um, but I showed up and we showed up at very early. Actually, it was about 3 a.m. in the airport in Dublin when we got there. And uh, we got a taxi ride all the way to the hotel that we were staying in. The guy lets us out, but he decided he didn't want to plug it into the GPS. He didn't want to see where we were going. And uh, he drops us off and he need, needed cash, which I didn't know. So I borrow cash from the hotel guy, give it to him. He leaves and I find out I'm at the wrong hotel. So I just took the manager's money. I'm, this is the first time I'm in a new country. I don't have cash because I'm stupid. Uh, and I just, now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I owe this hotel manager 35 euros. Yeah, and, I'm, yeah, and I wasn't even staying there. Um, but point is, uh, I gave him the money back, you know, the next day. And I was really just surprised that someone would be so nice. Well, pretty mm. much like the second person I interacted with mm. in, um, in Ireland in general would be so nice. And then you met up with us the next day and, and gave us the tour as well. And so um, I really enjoyed Dublin. I, I, I told my girlfriend, right when we come back overseas, I got to take her because yeah, yeah. it's, it's such a, it's such a nice place. I wish yeah. I could have been there longer. Yeah. Bring cash. Bring yeah. cash. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Favorite food. Uh, biscuits. Biscuits. Any right, bis- which well, any American biscuit biscuits, in particular? Like, no, no, American like buttermilk biscuits. Yeah. Okay. Like bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese. That's I know that's the weirdest answer, but that's it. It's just I love biscuits. Biscuits. Okay, that's a different. Most people go with steak, you know, or lasagna. Yeah. But biscuit, yeah, biscuits. I'm having that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Favorite TV show. Favorite TV show. Um, I think currently favorite TV show is, is something called million dollar listing. And they just, it, it essentially follows real estate agents and they just, uh, they show you a bunch of, a bunch of huge mansions and sell them on TV and there's a bunch of drama and 
That's Real estate's cool to me, so. That's what never the thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's one way to see it. <laughs> the only From way. The outside. Uh, okay, favorite singer. Favorite singer. Um, shoot. Hmm. If I were to have to go with a singer specifically, I'd say probably Frank Ocean, which is a bit of a different one. You've probably never heard of him, but uh, never heard of him. No, he's pretty. He's pretty low key. He's not. He's not a big recording artist, but he's got a nice style. Kind of different. What kind of, what kind of stuff does he do? Um, kind of like alternative stuff, to be honest. Mm. Maybe some like R and B slash alternative sort of stuff. I don't know. He makes his own sound, but yeah, he's okay. pretty cool. Right. Very low key. I'll have to look him up. Okay, favorite actor. Favorite actor. You know, I was thinking about this. I don't even know if I have necessarily a favorite actor, but I will say um, I'm a big fan of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. And so I will give you my favorite uh, movie series, which would definitely be the Marvel movie series. I watched the very mm. last one last night. So, Have you hooked up with uh, Will Sloney at all? No, I haven't. No, Will, Will uh, basically jobs he draws Spider-Man. That's, that's, oh really that's his job he's a massive massive Evertonian was he the one that did the uh, cover for the <coughs> match day program exactly, yeah exactly yeah yeah I yeah. have his program in here because that's the Richarlison yeah. one from that match that I went to yeah, yes yeah Will you'll have to get Will on, on your podcast Will yeah, yeah no from, kidding and he's from Cork oh, oh okay yeah 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 very Will, cool Will, I should Will's, do that yeah Will is a good lad uh, biggest influence biggest influence just in general on life? Yeah, yeah, in life, yeah. Hmm. I would say, uh, I would say probably my mother. Hmm. Because, you know, she was around when times were a little more difficult, right? And dad was traveling for work all the time. And she was there. She was, she's been a teacher. And so I was looked up to her for, for dealing with that, especially in, in the States. Hmm. Being a teacher is not necessarily, I think, what it should be in terms of compensation and and respect um so it's got to be got to be her solid gotta shout out for my mom on the, gotta on be the mom. show yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, personal ambition my personal ambition um i'd like to start and run my own business i don't know what that's going to be yet okay but that is my goal so whatever that ends up looking like hopefully in a more near than further future um yeah. i'm just gonna roll with it uh, have you any idea what field it's going to be in or i have no idea i mean i, I thought about possibly like real estate for example um so you, you know, could be on the contracts. million dollar you could be on the million dollar show this time next year <laughs> maybe no may, not next year because it takes money to make money let me tell you but, okay uh, well let's it seems... after. we go with two years <laughs> there you go there you go okay. uh, realistic expectations huh? yeah exactly okay best friend my best friend um my best friend would probably be uh, my girlfriend, Allie. Okay. We're always hanging out, especially in quarantine. We've been quarantined for, what, like five months now? Yeah. So if we're not best friends, we would have been screwed. Short-lived. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. If you could be any footballer, who would it be? Oh, easy. Gareth Bale right now. Gareth Bale. He doesn't play for Real Madrid. He golfs and he collects the paycheck. He's he's barely even a footballer nowadays. 
he let me down, pal. He let me down. You want to be a lazy SOB and just sit no, there no, collecting no, all no, the money? No, 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 no. <laughs> if I could, if I could, okay. So if I could legitimately be any professional footballer in the world, yeah. Um, I mean, I would choose someone like, I would choose someone like Christian Pulisic, for example, mm-hmm. only because um, he's young, he's American, right? And we all want Americans to like start. Um, putting their their footprint out on the world and the world of football and i think obviously he has all the potential in the world so it would be kind of nice to be performing to a certain level and also have all that potential too so if you you like my serious answer extremely well since the restart yeah yeah okay and last one which person in the world would you most like to meet which person um that's a good question it might have to be Warren Buffett because he's uh, the most famous investor ever. And, uh, well, American investor at least, yeah. yeah. So it's got to be Warren Buffett because people pay good money to uh, to uh, sit down on and have lunch with Warren Buffett, let me tell you. Okay. So you start up that lunch business and you'll be in the millionaire show this time next year, pal. You will. Uh, nobody's paying to have lunch with me. They're paying to have lunch with him. Oh, well, That'd be a just, terrible business. <laughs> we do just tag along. <laughs> yeah, if something any, like if, that. If any scraps fall off Warren's table, you'll just be there to catch them, okay? <laughs> there it is. There it yeah. is. Listen, Alex, thank you so much for today. I really, really appreciate it. And, yes, Joe, uh, thank you. Uh, just give us a shout out to name your podcast again for everyone who's listening. Yes, the American Toffee Podcast. You can find it on socials at USA Toffee Pod. Okay, listen, Pat, thank you so much. Stay safe and hopefully see you and your girlfriend in Dublin soon with some cash. Yes, with some cash. Cash is king. (laughs) Apparently it is. That was the first lesson learned at a very early hour in the morning while you were uh, working, I think. Uh, But Joe, I really appreciate it. Um, And thank you all for listening. Listen, pal, take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. All righty. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.